Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Oklahoma City campus pastor, Oscar Ortiz. Want to welcome everyone watching online. Want to welcome our Edmond campus. So amazing to be with you today. I got to hang with our Edmond campus actually a couple of weeks ago as Pastor Wade was sharing uh, uh, a word here at OKC and I got to be at Edmond. And I'm just so thankful that, that the heart of this church is bigger than any city that we could be at. Thank you that, that the DNA of this body is everywhere in our body. And we're just so thankful that I, I'm also grateful that I have this very special friend here with me today that we want to honor. Uh, can we give it up for our pastor, Pastor John Chastain? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm a, if I was sitting, I'd be standing because I love him. Man, you are such a, I, I never get to do this, so, so I'm going to do this right now. And oh, don't cry. Please don't cry. I'm making him cry right now. Uh, but I love you. I'm so thankful for your leadership. I'm thankful for your friendship, but I'm so thankful that you're real. And uh, we get to see the real John everywhere. And I thank you that you don't change because you step on this platform, that you remain the same. And I'm so thankful that you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to lead our body. Um, so can we give him thanks for that? Because <laughs> amen. Amen. I, I didn't do that. That's. I want to make Michelle stand, but we're so thankful for you too, Michelle, because you put up with that. I mean, you just, you know, you know, and if anything, our wives know what they have to put up with and, uh, and all the craziness. I mean, I'm not talking bad things. We're just crazy. It's just all this silly childlike behavior. You know, I mean, I know we're grown men, but we're still like middle schoolers. And that's what we believe in youth so, so much. But anyway, Pastor John shared a message last week called, What on Earth Am I Here For? And it was a great message. If you have not come back to watch it, I want you to do that because it so speaks the heart of our church and our DNA to know that we are a church that's spirit-filled, that's kingdom-minded first, and that we want to do everything in our power to, to do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, to be spirit-led. And so as you shared this message last Sunday, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about, about that Today, as we move and talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but even before that, I just, I just love how last week, uh, Pastor John disarmed a lot of the weirdness that is associated sometimes when we talk about the spiritual gifts or the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know if you've noticed, like pastors have to walk through like landmines on Sundays because... Depending on what scripture we use or, or, or what we talk about, you know, we might touch accidentally on somebody's experience on, or exposure to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and then there's an explosion. And, and so we, we're trying to figure out, but at the same time, we feel a calling and a responsibility to be true to biblical text. And there are so many things that you read, especially in the New Testament, that you can, can't just pull aside and be like, well, I, don't, I, don't, I just want to skip over that. Uh, I want to dive into just today. Encourage me. Give me a word. Just uh, tell me I'm loved and God's going to, God is for me and all of that. But there's so much of the Bible that takes place in the New Testament that we have to dive in and, and, and know why God is still working that in our midst today. So today as we, as we talk about that, the encouragement for Pastor John and from our staff is this. We want you to lean in. We, we would love for you to begin to, to search and to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to do something new in, in your life. If you are willing, He is. If you are open, He's ready. If you are willing, He's saying, as long as you're willing, He's going to pour out your, His Spirit upon you. But you have to be willing for, for, for Him to do that. I'm going to invite you to stand. I know you just sat down, but we're going to stand for the reading of God's Word. We stood up for Pastor John. We can stand for the reading of God's Word as we honor it. And as we give a, um, just honor to what we're about to read. But it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 12 that says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, 
and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one, that means each one of us, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That means something supernatural is used for the natural. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And to one another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing of spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. There are nine, we're done. It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually just as he wills. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts and all the parts of the body, though there are many, are one body also in Christ. So we're going to dissect and dive into what that means. But the message title for this morning is simply this. His gifts, His glory. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's alive and active. Thank you that our hearts are open to hear from you, God, not just from a speaker or from from a human being, but to hear what your word has to say for our people today. And we receive it in advance. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I believe that today that as we dive into what God wants to say, I believe that we can clearly say, see that God wants to give us spiritual gifts for one main reason. And this is going to be our foundation. But the main reason is so that God is glorified. And he is glorified when we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to strengthen people, to encourage believers, and to live out love. But let's begin with our foundation, which is this. God is glorified. God is glorified. You know, I've heard it said before, and you probably have too, that the two most important days in a person's life are first the day that they are born. Say amen if you're still alive. And the second day is the day that they find out why. Do you know your why? It's very easy to come across people who don't know their why. You can point them out easily, and, and you probably have too, because I do it all the time. Not on purpose. I'm just, especially when you deal with customer service. Oh, I heard a lot of ouch. When you're in line, you know, and, and there's a person in the, uh, you know, behind the counter, and, and, or you're on, on, even on, on, on the phone. Like, I've been on the phone with, with a certain phone company that I'm not going to mention their, their name. Um... But this two repetitive, repetitive letters in, in, in its name. And, or, or an airline company, I won't tell you his name, but it, it's, it's, it's here in America. And uh, I took a Snapchat because I was, I was on hold for 37 minutes. Listen. We all need Jesus, okay? <laughs> but you come across these people that are supposed to be in customer service. They're behind the counter. They're wearing the customer service representative polo shirt. They're wearing their customer service representative badge. They're wearing their customer service representative khakis. They read the customer service manual. They've gone through customer service representative orientation. They went to customer service orientation camp. But when you approach them, you can immediately discern that they don't like customers and that they know very little about service. It's people that you're like, I know what it says and I know what you're supposed to do, but somewhere along the line, I don't think you're getting this, you know. It's like, I mean, we're Wendy's and the guy taking our order, it's mad at me and I don't even know why. Like, I'm almost afraid to, like, number six, no, no numbers, number one, too much. I'll tell you what, just give me some French fries. No French fries? He's just staring at me, like, oh, this is my worst day ever, and I, I haven't done anything. But we come across people like that, and you know what? Can I be honest? Sometimes I'm concerned that that could be a ve- the very true picture of my faith sometimes. 
that I carry the title, I've read the book, I've done all the things that I need to do, but I wonder if sometimes my life doesn't match what, what, what my calling is supposed to be. And what's even worse, what I'm concerned is that my kids see my life being lived out, even as a Christian, being out, being lived, living out a life that is not the same of the life that happens in believers in the New Testament. That concerns me. You know why? Because right now, nine out of ten teenagers leave their faith right after they graduate high school. Why? I wonder if it, at some point in time, everything that we say, everything that we preach doesn't match with what they're reading in the New Testament. So they don't want to follow a faith from their parents, or, or, or my faith, that sometimes... It's not as active and as real as what I see the faith to be in believers in the New Testament. That's dangerous, and I want to be careful for that. Because as I read the New Testament, as I read verses like this, like 1 Corinthians, I cannot just skip it and say, oh, that's cute. That was for them. I have to be careful and say, do I believe what the Bible talks about in the New Testament, that it is also for me for today? And if I do, then I hope that my life begins to reflect that same God and that same spirit that the Apostle Paul talks about. So we're here today to figure this out. Why do we exist? Do you know or why? Maybe you heard Pastor John's message last week and something inside you jumped because you felt like there's a greater calling. There's a greater purpose in your life and you know that you cannot do it on your own the first foundation for this is simply this you must know that God is glorified God is glorified first Peter 4 10 says this as each one has received a special gift employed in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things, say all things. Edmund, say all things. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. This is our foundation. Before we dive into the gifts, you must know this. The gifts are given so that God is glorified. What does glorify mean? Glorify means to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. That means that the gifts of the Spirit should always cause the dignity and worth or worthiness of God to become known to people. This is the way I see it. The gifts of the Spirit, and I want you to say it after me. They're for me, not about me, through Jesus in me. Say, repeat after me, Edmund. They're for me, not about me, through Jesus in me. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts, are there so that we can give glory to God. They're not just so that we can receive social media attention. They're not just so that we can feel better about ourselves. They're not just so that we can be admired or respected by people. Everything that we do as believers should give glory to God. And let me help you. Even the bad things that happen to us are able to, to give glory to God. Our victories can give Him glory. Our defeats can give Him glory. Our miracles can give Him glory. And I'm so thankful that even our mess can give Him glory. Everything in us can give Him glory. But we have to arrive in a place in our lives where we can say, God, all of me, all of my life, even if it means discomfort, even if it means trials and persecution, if it brings you glory, then it's worth it. Did you know that God can get glory out of your pain too? That God can use everything in your life to, to get glory for him. Romans eleven thirty three says this. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him 
and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The hymnist, Fanny Crosby, would say it this way. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So love he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life, our redemption to win, and opened the life gate that all may go in. And then she says this, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus, his Son, and give him the glory. Great things he has done. God is serious about his glory. I mean, like, like serious. Like you're driving in the front car, your kids are in the back messing up, and you get that look. I mean, God is serious <laughs> about his glory. You, you, you know, mom's that look, right? You can... Growing up in church, you know, we were all, there was not no like youth or children's church. So when your mom gave you the look, it was not the, you're, you're a sweetheart look. One look, half a second, you heard the whole, listen, something's about to happen on the way back home. Unless you change your life and give it to Jesus, I'm going to transform your entire life. If you don't give it to the Lord, if I don't care if the Holy Spirit's in your life or not, I'm about to change your name. I mean, that look, one look. God is serious about his glory. Isaiah 48 says it this way. Listen, for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, this is God. Says it again, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profane? My glory I will not give to another for my name's sake for the sake of my praise and then it says for my own sake for my own sake my name will not be for me my, my glory i will not give to another listen god's ultimate goal this will help us tremendously as believers god's god's ultimate goal is to uphold and display the glory of his name you don't sound very convinced but let me help you God created us for his glory, Isaiah 43. God called Israel for his glory, Isaiah 49, Jeremiah 13. Jesus sought the glory of his Father in all he did, John 7. Jesus endured his final hours of suffering for God's glory, John 12, 17, 13. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Son of God, John 16. God tells us to serve in a way that will glorify him, 1 Peter 4. All are under judgment for dishonoring and falling short of God's glory. Romans 1, Romans 3. Jesus is coming again for the glory of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. God's plan is to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory. Habakkuk chapter 2. In the new Jerusalem, the glory of God replaces the sun. Revelation 21. Those are just 10 verses. They're over 50. God is serious about his glory. I know sometimes our world pictures him just this kind of God that's happy-go-lucky and he's just like throwing flowers to people and just saying, oh, I love you so much, I'm going to encourage you. But as it comes to his name, as it comes to his identity, did you know that God is not having issues with his confidence? God is not struggling. God did not go through puberty. He's not struggling like, man... What kind of God should I be today? He is the great I am. He is and has always, has always been and will always be. God is serious about his glory. And this is important because we can reveal his glory through Jesus Christ, through his son. And every single spiritual gift is given to us so that we can point people to God's goodness, to his greatness, to his glory. How do we do that? We do that when our spiritual gifts are used first to strengthen people. So the foundation is it's all for his glory. 
And you must know that as a believer in Christ, you have access to these gifts. But you must use them to strengthen people. Now, I know I just scared about at least half of you. Because depending on your personality, Edmund, if you're with me, you know this is true. Depending on your personality, some of you guys just like checked out. Because I said the P word. People. And you're like, I, I, I don't get this message anymore because that's not for me. That's for like the extroverts. How can I strengthen God's people when there are people involved? How, come on introverts, uh, follow me with your eyes. Um, how can I, how can I like strengthen people if it means I have to talk to them. I mean, Pastor Oscar, I love Jesus and, and, and everything. I would, I would, I am ready to, I would, I would join the dream team and I would go on mission trips except one little problem. There are people who are going to be there. I'm all in, but everything will be so much easier in my life if it was just a trinity of me, me, myself, and I, man, we, could, we do great things for Jesus until we come across people. All the extroverts, come on, extroverts in the house, say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Edmund, do it with me. Extroverts in the house, say, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the introverts, let me hear you roll your eyes. Because this is something I want to explain. As it relates to spiritual gifts, sometimes we think those are for the people who like to be around people. And the thing about spiritual gifts, you must know is that these are supernatural. That means that they're for anyone who's wanting to do something that they can't do on their own. And it invites... The presence and the power of someone who's greater than you. That's why we invite the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you were created to do something that in your, on your own is impossible. And that's why these gifts were given. If, you, if there are things that you wish you could do in your life or even in your, in your walk with Christ, but you feel like you can do on your own, it's probably because God is saying to you, I can do this with you. You're not meant to do this on your, on your own. The spiritual gifts that we're going to dive here in a little bit, they're not based on your personality. You know, not, they're not just for extroverts. They're not just for introverts. They're for anyone who's willing, regardless of your talent, regardless of your level of holiness. They're given for you. They're supernatural to anyone who is in Christ. So we named them. Let's name it real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gives us the nine gifts. Word of wisdom through the Spirit. Word of knowledge according to the same spirit, faith by the same spirit, another gifts of healing, another effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, um, and another the distinguishing of spirits, another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one in the same spirit. That means it's the same spirit that gives all things to all of us, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. And the, the word gives in the Greek means charisma, or it's the word charisma, which means from grace gives. It's a reminder that these, have, these gifts have nothing to do with you or your personality or your talent or your past or your hurting or your success. It has everything to do with God's character, and he, they're, they're given to us by His grace. Don't base your understanding of the spiritual gifts According to what you have experienced or have yet to experience. Because let me remind you that God is a global God, not just an America God. Let me tell you why these people are clapping. Sometimes we base who God is on what's only happening in our world, in, in, in America, in the United States, in Oklahoma. And God is way much bigger than that. That's what is so important for you to spend time with missionaries, to spend time with people who, who travel across the world, to uh, 
get on some of the mission trips that we're going that we're going into to Israel. Find what God is doing across the world, across the world to get a perspective of how global God is. And you'll find out quickly that God is doing some amazing things around the world that we may necessarily see in the United States. And just because we don't see him active right here, it doesn't mean that God is not doing him everywhere else. Did you know that even in Mexico, there's a missionary missionary who has an account at 20, 21 lives being resurrected from the dead look it up in the in front of witches and 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 warlocks did you know that this has been happening that the limbs are being healed and limbs are being created by people who are praying. This is happening in our, in our world. So when we, when we speak about these gifts, we must know that God is a global God and his gifts are, uh, are available for every one of us here in the body. Because we're part of the bigger body. But these are gifts given by his grace. So let me break it down. There are nine gifts, but to remember them, I'm going to break them into three groups. Three groups of three. The first group is a say something group, which talks about prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Prophecy is simply a divine utterance that produces comfort, strength, and edification of people. It's, it's not weird. Some of you guys, many of us, have you ever just been going throughout your day and all of a sudden a name drops in your, in your mind of someone in your past or someone, someone that you've known or someone, you know, family member? But it's not just that you remember them, but you remember them with a little bit of concern and compassion. And you're like, I wonder what they're up to. I wonder, what they're, I wonder what's going on. Did you know that that could be the Holy Spirit giving you an opportunity to speak a word over them? Have you ever received a text from someone that says, hey, thinking about you, praying for you. And that at that moment, at that time, your heart was encouraged because it let you know that you were not alone and that God was aware of what you were going through. Did you know that that simple activity was the Holy Spirit activating the word of prophecy through somebody? You may not know it. You don't have to label the gift for you to be able to walk in it. I want you to take your phone out because we're going to practice this. (laughs) Take your phone out. When that happens, if you're ever living out, Edmund, take your phone out too with me. If you're, if you're just going through your day and, and, and the Holy Spirit drops a name into, you, into your mind, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pause what you're doing, unless you're driving, and just simply pray, Holy Spirit, is there something you want to share with them through me? Is there a verse that I can share with them? Why, why, why do we have to share a verse? Because here's the cool thing about verses. They're from God, not from you. You're like, but what if I say the wrong thing? What if you do? What if you... And I don't mean like the wrong thing like, hey, I feel like I need to share Judas went and hang himself verse. You know what that means, right? That's not... Or like Jesus, hey, I feel like I was reading through the Bible and Jesus rode on a donkey and I thought about you. Those are not the verses you encourage people with, okay? Just want to get that cleared. Um, Thou shalt lead the fat of the land. And I just, I don't know, some reason, um, God brought you to my mind. No. We're talking about when God drops even a word that comes out of his word for his people. His word never, become, never comes back void. So when you share it with somebody, if it's out of the word of God, you're just being the vessel that, that puts it through. It will bring life to them. And you will never know until you do it. So I want you to think about for a second. Edmund, do it for right now. If the, we're going to pray. And we said, Lord, if there's someone that I need to encourage today. That's so crazy, so wild. Because we're going to send the text. And if this doesn't happen to you, it's okay. God may be wanting to use you in another way. But the bottom line is be open and available and he'll use you. So let's pray. Lord, in the middle of a Sunday, interrupt us right now so that we can encourage someone. And if there's a name that someone right now in our life, in our circle, in our community that needs to hear an encouraging word, would you bring them to our mind right now? And as you do that, I'm going to do it with you because the Lord just dropped.
And all you have to say, let me help you, just like, hey, just thinking about you, I don't know what's going on, but just know that you're loved and I'm praying for you. And if a verse drops into your mind, just share it with them right now. And man, I encourage you to do that right now. Um, now, this person that sent this text, uh, is, they're probably going to freak out. They're like, you, uh, you, you meant to send it to the wrong person because it's my brother. Um, but this is what, what we can do. You, do. Do you know that how, how doing something as simple as this can build and edify the body. And I know we spend some time in prophecy. We cannot do the, We cannot do this with every single gift, but I just want to help you up a little bit. So it's prophecy. This is a say something gifts. Prophecy, tongues. If, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch the healthiest message on the Holy Spirit uh, in our archives from 2017 where Pastor John uh, preached it. And have you ever wondered why tongues? I started thinking, I was like, you know, why did God make it, made it, make it so awkward? Because tongues, that means that you're going to hear it. Why, why didn't he call it the gift of whisper? That's more comfortable for me. Or the gift of closing your eyes. You know, oh, man, that person's got his eyes closed, their eyes closed. That means they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not awkward. Nobody gets offended. It's, it's okay. He's like, oh, man, what are you, why do you have your eyes closed? Man, I'm just in the spirit right now. You know, that would be so much better than tongues. Tongues is awkward. But let me... Let me remind you why, why I, I wonder why God chose tongues. And it's probably because it is the tiniest muscle with the greatest amount of power. If he has your tongue, he has your everything. Because let's be honest. Sometimes we come to God and say, God, you have our everything. But the hardest thing that we struggle to give God is our tongue. And I will even take it a step further. Some of you guys, there's some of you, as even as I was praying and preparing for this, God, let me know, there's some people here, there's some people in Edmond who, who are living a life labeled based on somebody else's tongue that was spoken over you. And it was so powerful that in one moment, you were labeled for a lifetime. You tell me the tongue does not have power. And you're still struggling with that. And what if the enemy wants to use against you what he knows God wants to give you? And I believe that today, that God wants to break that. Or what was said over you, or even what was never said that should have been said. That I'm proud of you. That I love you. That I'm for you. That I believe in you. You never heard those things, so their tongue did something in your life. And I believe God wants to do that today. I feel his Holy Spirit right now. Do something, Holy Spirit, today. Gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. You know, one of the ways we do this is by walking in order. We don't just go out speaking tongues on a mic because we expect interpretation. And this is the, the way we, we walk in order. We do this in order. First um, Corinthians 14, 1 through 3 says this, Pursue love, yet earnestly, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God, for no one understands it. But in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification. That means to build them up, exhortation and consolation. Second group is know something group. So we have the say something group. The know something group is the word of wisdom, that supernatural knowledge about the future, word of knowledge, supernatural knowledge about the present. Kind of like when Jesus talks to the woman at the well and he tells, him, he tells her, uh, you have five, five husbands and the husband that you live with is not your husband. Yeah, you're correct. That was a word of knowledge about something that she was, uh, she was dealing with. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is not like you have a sixth sense, like, I see dead people, okay? And if you do see dead people, uh, you need to see praying people. <laughs> um, but discerning of spirits is a supernatural ability to recognize spiritual influence in a person or in a room, both angelic or demonic. 
God is able to do that. God, God gave you this fix, this gift, so that you can live out your Christianity with power, with authority. Third group is a do-something group. It's a group of faith, healings, and work of miracles. Faith is simply the difference between I believe God can and I know God will. Healings. And that's, and that's why one of, the, one of the reasons why we pray for healings and victory. And we've seen that over and over and over again. That's why we pray for the sick. The working of miracles is a miracle that supersedes the laws of nature and physics. And, and I'm sharing this with you to help you understand that God wants to give you one of those gifts or multiple. That all that you have to do is seek not just earnestly seek the gifts, but more importantly, seek the giver. That you come and say, Holy Spirit, I'm available. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know much scripture. But listen, you know the people that the, that the book of Acts is about? They didn't know much scripture either. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. It had been written then. All they had was the Torah. And even then, when we read the New Testament, it's filled story after story about people who lived out what Jesus simply had told them. And they had enough faith to live it out. The last thing I want to share, well, two things, and then double close, is we encourage believers Paul says it this way, for I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. The word established means strengthen. That I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. See, it's human to need encouragement. All of us want encouragement, but it is only divine when we give it. There are some people that you could encourage today, that you could encourage tomorrow at school. At work. People that don't, that don't know that other people can bring them live by speaking God's word to them. So when Paul says this, notice that, that he says, verse 11, he will strengthen their faith by his spiritual gift of encouragement. Verse 12, he aims mutual encouragement. Verse 11, he strengthens faith by the spiritual gift. So to give you a, a, a little definition to help you is this. A spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively for the strengthening of somebody else's faith. See, without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's no New Testament. Without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's no church. There's no book of Acts. As you read it, you'll find time and time and time that God began to use people like you and me. No different. People that were fishermen, they were not Bible scholars, they were not pastors. And God chose to use them and change the world and, and transform the world upside down. What if the church would activate, that we could activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that the world can know who God is, so that the world can know that there's a purpose in what God is wanting to do? We're reminded that we're not just as a church concerned about numbers, even numbers are important because every, each number is a soul. But we're not just concerned about growing victory. We're, we're wanting to, to, for people to know our mandate is for people to recognize, activate, and develop the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of them so that they know that they have a purpose and a plan for God. The Bible says that God will build His church, but we are called to build His people. As God builds His church, we build His people. As we build His people, God builds His church, and the gates of hell, of hell will not prevail against it. That's why the best way to live life to the full is to live life in the faith God wants to do something in you and through you but the last and fourth final point is that you must live love out out of all of this you must live out love we, we know how to fall in love but we don't really understand what it means to love to live out 
love. And what Paul is saying in, in, in 1 Corinthians, because he says, If I speak in tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. In Bible times, the Greeks were known for having these cultic rituals where they would worship their, their statues, their false gods. And in these rituals, they would have these people that were so wild and, and so drunk trying to worship a God that was not alive. And all they would do is just scream, and people thought they, they call it a maniacal dance because they were insane. They were crazy. They act drunk, and they would go around and just doing symbols. And they would just make screams and noise to worship a God that was not real. And what Paul was saying to the church of Corinthians, that they were trying. They were walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They were wanting to do it right, but they were messing up because they were wanting people to be noticed. They were like, hey, watch me. How holy I am. I'm good. Look how much God loves me. And what he was saying, if you do all these gifts without love, you are no different than those people worshiping the great gods. That's what you do. Do you understand the responsibility of walking in those gifts? And some of us don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit, but we were hurt because of someone who was banging a cymbal. And we saw all the religious spirits, but we didn't see the love. There's some of you who were hurt because your parents acted one way in church and at home. It was a different story. What God is calling us to do as a church, he's saying, I can change your world. I can change your neighborhood. I can change the people at work. I can change the people at school. But all you have to do is accept what I've given you to equip you to do what you cannot do on your own. It's good to go to church. It's good to worship. It's good to read your Bible. But unless you activate the supernatural of the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to have a hard time trying to get these people to notice you. I don't want them to notice you. I want to notice the Holy Spirit inside of you that's given you something and a supernatural ability for you to be able to do that, something that you cannot do on your own. But I'm just too shy. I know God is able to pour out His Spirit in you and transform you into a person that can encourage others. You may not do it from a stage behind the mic. You don't have to. But God can change people where you are. It might be through a text. You may not even have to be in front of people, actually. But I didn't go to Bible school, Pastor Oscar. I just don't know much about the Bible. All you have to do is open up your heart and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And that's what we want to do. We want to create an opportunity just for a moment. Because I believe there are people here who want to say, God, I'm available. I don't I know there's more. I know there's some people in Edmond that want to say, God, I'm available. I know there's more. It begins with you saying you're available because God, God is already ready for you to strengthen people, to encourage people, and so that you can live out love. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you are more real than ever. We invite your Holy Spirit to do something in our lives that we cannot do in our, on our own. Would you begin right now? Would you begin right now? Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the altars. You can stay on your seat. You can pray with your wife, but please don't check out. If all you do is just, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm here. Might as, might as well speak to me. Might as well I'm, do something, Lord. I don't want religion. I want something fresh from you. We're going to open up the altars. 
You can go to the side of room, or you can go to the back room, you can go to the aisle, you can kneel on your chair, you can just simply pray with your spouse, or however, however that looks like, but we're just going to create a moment when we allow the Holy Spirit, we're going to pause our lives when we allow the Holy Spirit to do something new in our lives. There are people in your life that will be transformed out of this moment. Simply because you said, I'm willing. We're going to worship, self-worship, but I invite you, fill this room and let the Holy Spirit begin to do something here in your life. Start it with us, Holy Spirit. We're open, we're willing. We don't know all that it means, but we know that we want you, whatever you have for us. So we bow our hearts and we say we're open to your move today. Amen. Let's pray. Narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you And I hear you call, I am available, I say, yes, Lord, I am available, here I am with open. on your grace again less of me and more of you I just want to see you move and I
Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.